China's central bank has surprised markets by not cutting a key bank lending rate. Japanese stocks have hit a 34-year high on a weaker yen. That's because Japanese bond yields have fallen in recent weeks and look less attractive than flat US bond yields. That's coming up in our five things in five minutes. And then in part two of our bonus deep dive interview on Australia's commercial property outlook post-COVID, ANZ senior Australian economist Adelaide Timbrell details the overall cyclical drivers. It's just a lot more expensive to build, it's harder to find the workers to do it, and this reduces the feasibility of some projects that would otherwise go ahead. But first, in 5 and 5 with ANZ, in markets overnight, the focus was on China, Japan and Europe, with US markets closed for Martin Luther King Day. China's stocks fell 0.1% to their lowest levels since 2019, after the People's Bank of China surprised markets by not cutting a key bank lending rate. More on that shortly. But across the Sea of Japan, the Nikkei rose 1% to a fresh 34-year high, over 35,000 all because of a weak yen, which helps Japan's listed exporters. The yen has fallen from 141 to the dollar to almost 146 since the beginning of 2024. That's because the 10-year Japanese government bond yield, the JGB, has fallen from 0.8% to 0.56%, while at the same time the US 10-year yield has actually risen from 38 to 3.98% overnight generally. Here's ANZ's head of FX research, Marjabin Zaman. In FX, volatility for the US dollar has been pretty low, remains range bound. You know, the only currency which has had a little bit of a sharper move uh, in this new year on a relative basis is really dollar yen. And that's really because it's the most sensitive to yields. And that's really been, again, dominating markets. Number two, the People's Bank of China surprised markets late yesterday by not cutting the medium-term lending rate from its current level of 2.5%. Traders and investors had expected a 10 to 15 basis point cut after China reported a third consecutive month of consumer price deflation over the weekend. Here's ANZ's chief economist for Greater China, Raymond Jung. They may also be concerned about the uh, banking profitability, if they cut interest rate too soon, then uh, that may hurt the non-interest rate margin of banks and they want to save some bullets so that in the future, this could be, or interest rate cut could, could just be a last resort. They may just want to wait for a few more months to observe whether they really need to cut interest rate. But we do expect that the Chinese central bank will cut interest rate this year, either whether that will happen in January or later time of the year. It's just a matter of timing. Number three, Raymond says the People's Bank of China may choose another way to encourage bank lending. Another cut in the RRR, the Reserve Requirement Ratio. They have already explicitly stated that they will link their monetary policy with price expectation under the backdrop of strong deflationary pressure, then they've got to do something. And we're expecting that uh, even without the interest rate cut this time, they're going to ease. And the easiest thing to do is to cut the reserve requirement ratio. And the earliest timing that we expect them to do it is in early February. And we have to remember that um, this year, the Lunar New Year or the Year of the Dragon will come on the 10th of February. So uh, typically the cash demand before the Chinese New Year is very strong and and they really need to ease and provide some cash buffer for banks to meet their cash requirement before the holiday. 
number four. One thing that was clear, though, in China's markets yesterday was a lack of reaction to the re-election for a third presidential term by the DPP candidate in Taiwan. Here's Raymond again. The reality is that the financial market is more to do with the semiconductors cycle. And the focus now is on Thursday when the TSMC is going to have the whole uh, investor call and what they are seeing, you know, um, in 2024 and what's their CapEx plan and what's the semiconductor outlook will have much more and much stronger impact, you know, on Taiwan economic outlooks than the election. Number five. And lastly, Australia's job market remains solid enough not to push the RBA away from its current pause in the cash rate. Here's ANZ Australia senior economist Catherine Birch talking about the ANZ Indeed job ad series, which yesterday showed a 0.1% rise in December. We don't think that it will have much of an impact on the RBA's view at the moment. It is showing that, you know, the labour market has eased ANZ Indeed job ads is down about 17.5% from its November 2022 peak. And we've also seen the ABS job vacancies data, which was released last week, continue to ease as well. And and along with other indicators, this is showing that while the labour market is easing, there are no signs of a sharp deterioration approaching. ANZ Australia's Catherine Birch there. Now, in part two of our bonus deep dive interview about commercial property with ANZ Australia senior economist Adelaide Timbrell, we look at the cyclical factors holding back the sector's development overall. Across all of the commercial property construction sectors, what are the big trends that are affecting all of them, particularly around uh, interest rates and also the crowding out effect of an awful lot of work being done in horizontal or public infrastructure? There are three big things that have changed for commercial property over the last couple of years. The first thing is that we've got higher interest rates, higher building costs and labour shortages. These are the cyclical impacts. So, we, it's just a lot more expensive to build, it's harder to find the workers to do it, and this reduces the feasibility of some projects that would otherwise go ahead. The second thing is that over the last three years, the way people want to live, work, and spend their money has shifted. We're seeing people spend more time in their homes, spending more time online. The online business meeting has become a lot more acceptable in a lot more wide-ranging use and context. And all of this has weakened the relationship between population growth, employment growth, and spending growth on those different types of commercial property. So, we've seen cyclical impacts that have temporarily changed the cost-benefit ratio for commercial property. And then we've seen these big structural shifts that have perhaps weakened the need for commercial property and certain transactions and activities. The third big issue for commercial property is crowding out. The public sector infrastructure pipeline is enormous. And even though there have been funding cuts in recent months, they haven't touched the sides. So, we're really going to see continued labour shortages, continued building materials competition between the private sector and the public sector. And that's going to make it continually difficult for commercial property developments to stack up, you know, when those costs 
even as inflation of everything else comes down, those costs are going to continue to be high. That's going to be another long-term shift. So that long-term structural change is not just on the this demand side, but it's also on the building side, apart from those cyclical issues of funding and building costs. ANZ Senior Economist Adelaide Timbrell there. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was 5 and 5 with ANZ for Tuesday, January the 16th. Tomorrow, we cover business confidence results due out today in New Zealand and look ahead to Chinese GDP and US retail sales later on Wednesday. This podcast contains general information only, not investment advice. You should obtain advice for your personal circumstances before making any investment decisions. Please view the podcast disclaimer available via your media player or email.